These clubs are dead and buried already. They're gone. I'm going to go for the bees to edge it uh, for me. Okay, this uh, is going to be a grind of a game. An absolute grind of a game. If Mbappe comes, you'll see <laughs> Nunes go. Brentford Forest, Gaz. How do you see this one? That's how we're going to see this one. Hey guys, welcome to the Footy Social Club Friday Predictions. Gaz with me. Gaz, we'll get straight into it, mate. Talk to me about Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. Right, okay. This is going to be a grind of a game. An absolute grind of a game uh, for, for Arsenal. I mean, I think how it's going to go down, I mean, half-time, I think uh, it's going to be some, one of them games where it's nil-nil, really tight at half-time. I think it's something you're going to pinch one nil at the end. And the reason for this, and you might be saying, oh, they're going to hammer uh, Palace. The re there's a reason for this. Um, Arsenal, believe it or not, have only scored two more goals than Chelsea uh, this season, which is crazy. And there, right there, is your problem. That is just that can't happen if you want to be winning leagues. You can't score more two goals than Chelsea. Okay. Also, Palace, you know, while they are struggling, you know, they they haven't since I think since early November, they've only they haven't conceded more than three goals in the game. So they're always hanging in games there. So I think it's going to be a really, really close one. But I do think Arsenal are going to nick it in the end, mate. So one nil Arsenal. You? I think the warm weather training probably came at the right time for Arsenal over in, in Dubai, given the fact that they've lost quite a few games in the last six, four or five of those. You know, it's probably Arteta's worst run since he got involved, you know, with Arsenal a few seasons ago. Palace is not an easy game. Roy's shown that, you know, where he's travelled up to the Etihad. They, were, they got a draw there. They were unlucky against Liverpool. They were unlucky against Chelsea. So... For me, this will be difficult. It's a London derby as well. There's too many London derbies in the Premier League for all of the, the just... southern teams. Um, I think home form will get us there. Um, and I'm hoping that Arteta's maybe worked on a few patterns of play to be able to break Palace down. Speed, for me, will be crucial if they're going to win this game. It, that's a great stat about Arsenal only scoring two more goals. And I've heard a little rumour through the Arsenal Faithful's um, Facebook page, Sterling, um, that Arsenal, apparently, if they will complete the deal for David Raya in January, which is £30 million, they will be allowed to sign Ivan Tony on loan in January as long as they pay the full fee for him in the summer. Wow. Wow. Now, Arsenal How need much? firepower. Arsenal need firepower. Before I talk about Palace, do you think there's any chance that Brentford would allow Ivan Tony to go out on loan, given that he's got so much value? No, I can't see it. I can't see that how that could work whatsoever. Because the Brentfords that we've been seeing recently, I just think, you know, he's so pivotal for them. They need goals. Um, like I think Brentford have got like uh, was. It well, they're missing Mbumo out of May. They're missing... This is an African Cup. African, yeah. Vissa and Al as well. I mean, we're going to talk about the Brentford Forest and Al as well. But, wow, honestly, I just think... I just can't see that happening. I really can't. It's what but, we uh, need. It's desperate oh, what we need. Because the pressure 100%. on Saka is hitting burnout. And pundits, all of us have said, you can't... They're so over-reliant on Saka. Teams have yeah. worked that out. You yeah, know, stop Odegaard, stop Saka, you stop Arsenal. But... We'll see. I think we'll have enough to beat to beat Palace. I, I think it'll be 2-0, 2-1, 3-1, 4-1, 5-1, 6-1, 7-1, 8-1, 9-1, 10-1, 11-1, 12-1, 13-1, 14-1
two one something around that. But but Palace and Roy will be well organised. Although he's coming under massive pressure from the fans, and I wonder if this was to be a heavy loss, whether Palace may push the the panic button and go for Steve Cooper. We'll have to wait and see. Um, let's go on to Brentford Forest, Gaz. How do you see this one? That's how we're going to see this one. I'm going to go for the bees to edge it uh, for me. Uh, I just think, that, you know, I think that Tony's going to come back and I think he's going to be on fire. I really do. I think he's been training. He's been banging the goals in for the uh, beating players. Yeah. And uh, he'll be ready. When he, you know, I don't think he's going to take it. Yeah. Take time to get in there. He'll be ready. Uh, I did find, find it a tough call, though, because I think, um, you know, like we said, you know, Brentford are a bit short with um, and the Akons there with no Wissa, no Mbembo, obviously, uh, as well. So, uh, but nah, Tony's going to be fired up and uh, he's got a point to prove, I think. So, uh, uh, Brentford for me, 2 1. Okay. So, the interesting thing for me on this is how well Forrest have done since Nuno's come in. Um, but add into the mix now the potential points deduction and Forrest not knowing how much that could be. We could assume probably 10 points, maybe, given what Everton got the last time round. Maybe less, maybe five. The pressure, it adds more pressure to Nuno. They're still being linked with players, which surprises me. You'd almost think that any player that was linked with the club would be now not happen. I actually think we'll get a, a similar response to what happened with Everton when they got their first points deduction. This might happen at Forest. This is going to galvanise the fans. I expect that the away end will be particularly noisy. Brentford haven't been great home or away this season. They've been more consistent at home. They've been really poor away. Um, but I've got a feeling that Forest will get a result. I'm going to say draw. I'm going to say I'm going to say goals. I'm going to say 2-2. Two, two. I agree with you. If Tony plays, he'll score. It wouldn't sure. surprise me if he opens the scoring. Um, but yeah, 2-2 two, two for me. Um, but uh, And hopefully an exciting game as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think there's going to be goals in that. I think uh, for sure, I do fancy that Tony to be. I reckon they get two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be good, guys. It's another reduced fixtures given off the back of last week, and there's five. Um, before we go on to Sunday's games, if you enjoy today's content, as always, we ask you to subscribe and like at the Footy Social Club. It's free, as Gaz says. Um, we've got plenty of podcasts. We're talking about you know last straw. You know, keep and sell. Gaz has got one out on Spurs. I've just released one on Arsenal. There's one coming out for United. There's another one for Liverpool due to drop this weekend. Um, plenty of content. Hit us up on Instagram. Hit us up on um, on YouTube. Um, it really does help us grow. It excites us when we see new subscribers. And when you guys comment. As a new channel, we've seen more and more of that recently. And over 900 new followers in the last six weeks. So a massive thank you to everyone. Keep them coming. Um, and yeah, look, let's go on to Sunday's games, Gaz. We'll start with Sheffield United against West Ham. How's this one going to go? Defend, counter, defend, counter uh, between the blades and the hammers, I'm afraid. Uh, it's what's going to happen. It's going to be a score draw. Um, Sheffield United, fewest goals scored in the Premier League. Uh, you know, I oh know they just signed that Bereton um, Diaz from Villarreal. He used to be a Blackburn, didn't he? And he scored a good few yeah. goals at Blackburn there in the championship. Yeah. So uh, it might just spark a little bit something there. But um, yeah, uh, you know. They're in a relegation fight. They're going to struggle. Um, 
Hmm. Uh, for me, Blackburn, uh, you know, is it's very similar sort of club to sort of Sheffield United, really. So I think, uh, you know, if he's ever going to do it again, because he had a bit of a drought there at Sevilla Royale, I think he had 14 games and didn't even score a goal. So for me, uh, you know, he could come back in and it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't get on the score sheet. So uh, for me, uh, I think, uh, like I said, I'm going to go for 1-1. 1-1. I wonder with given the news Everton and Notts Forest potentially going to get points. I'm really careful about how I tread with that because whilst they've been charged, they haven't necessarily, you know, been found guilty or, you know, proven guilty as of such. But I wonder if the likes of Sheffield United, who obviously play in West Ham this weekend, Burnley, Luton, they're looking at this and going, look, if we can pick points up, one point here, one point there, I think these so. guys getting 10 points again or eight points or 12 points, whatever it might be, really actually gives them a unique fighting chance that on another season, these clubs are dead and buried already. They're gone. We talked about it, you know, in what clubs might need and stuff like that in podcasts. So we said, don't spend any money on at Sheffield United. Maybe it changes your thinking. Maybe given the fact that Forrest and Everton are probably going to get points deductions. Sheffield United have a four, five and ten chance of now staying up. It's mad, isn't it? It's a glimmer. Normally, like I said, they'd be buried and like, you know, you only have to behave and don't get the points deducted. And, you know, it is mad. It is crazy. So, I mean, if Everton again, again, do you think Everton are going to get another ten? You know, it could really suck them in. Because if they do, I don't think they can recover from that. Um, I think 10 is a lot and 20 is ridiculous. 20 so in a season is imagine, huge. Imagine that. You know, I just, I, I can't see. Mm, yeah, so for me, uh, it, it could it could be interesting down at the bottom all the way right to the last game. It'll be one of them. Yeah, last game of the season. Gonna drag, it's going to drag. Yeah, 100%. And the Premier League owe it to those clubs to get this resolved as fast as possible. Yeah. So everyone knows where they lie. But on the game, Sheffield United, West Ham, I think it's absolutely crucial that Sheffield United um, win this game. West Ham lost in the cup in midweek. And I think it's absolutely crucial. And I'm going to say Sheffield United and Barrett and Diaz are going to win this game 2-1, Gaz. Talk to me about... Bournemouth at home to Liverpool. Now, those who regularly watch the Footy Social Club on YouTube and Instagram, quick plug at the Footy Social Club if you're not, don't forget to subscribe, um, know that Gaz's second team are Bournemouth. Now, earlier in the season, we called you out plenty about Bournemouth. I, I know Matt, I know myself. We had Bournemouth sort of going down. The season started awful. We're at the halfway mark and it's a transformation there is no noise about Bournemouth going down, even if they lose a few games here and there. Dominic Solanke's hit the straps. They're attacking, playing good football. And this is no easy game for Liverpool. Arguably, this is the game of the weekend, Gaz. For me, 100%. This is Q. The Desmond. This is where two points uh, get dropped for Liverpool. Liverpool is going to be a draw, this one for sure. Uh, Bournemouth are a handful. They're a handful for Spurs when they played us. Uh, they're a handful for all teams, especially down there as well. Um, last time they played, it was 2-1 uh, Bournemouth. Um, 
Darwin Nunes scored that cracking goal. Your favourite mate, your your, your favourite guy, uh, scored an absolute belter, and it was two one. And that was the only difference in the game. But other than that, the Cherries, I mean, they're in banging form. Um, I know they've uh, obviously the recent loss of Spurs, like I said. Solanke, uh, sorry, Solanke's so sharp. Uh, Scott now in the midfield. You know, Christie as well. That's not Linford, by the way. <laughs> um, uh, Cliver just behind Solanke. You know, the big dom up front. They're, they're really going to cause some, cause some hammage. So for me, 2-2 at the Vitality. Question for you. It, we see it so often in the Premier League. Players scoring against their old clubs. If Bournemouth are going to score two, does Solanke score against his former club? Yeah, he'd be bang up for it, wouldn't he? God, I mean, I bet he's probably licking his lips thinking, yeah, I fancy this. I'm in form, playing Liverpool. This is what, you know, because you want to leave something, you know, you didn't believe in me, I'll show you. And uh, I can just see, I can see Liverpool dropping points. So I don't see, I, I, I don't see, I see Liverpool scoring goals, you see. Um, I know people saying about Salah not being there and they're missing Salah. They will miss him, but I still think there's plenty of other firepower there too. But yeah, 2-2. Two, two. I think it's a great test for Liverpool with... Um... Salah being away on African Cup of Nations duty because I do agree there is a lot of firepower and I think the return of Jota in the last couple of weeks from injury, Diaz back in form and that he went through a little bit of a cold patch, a couple of little niggling injuries as well. I think the return of Jota almost gets Liverpool through the African Cup of Nations. I think if Jota was out, I don't think... and. I know that in the press they talk about Klopp and and um, the assistant manager at Kuipers talks about Darwin Nunez being more than a striker. He's the link-up, he's the target man, he's this and he's that. That tells me that they're trying to put confidence into him. I don't think that the, board, that the manager overly trusts Darwin Nunez to be the man to lead the line at Liverpool. I, I think there's a player there, but I don't think it will be at Liverpool. I don't think Nunez is suited to... Liverpool's and the Premier League. I think it's too quick for him. He's got a goal. He scores a weldy, but then he misses from two yards. And I think that will be consistent throughout his time at Liverpool. And I, and I expect that if Mbappe comes, you'll see <laughs> Nunes go. I really Is do. Is going to come to Liverpool? Come on. Uh, well, I, I, I wouldn't rule it out. I really wouldn't rule that out in the summer. I, 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 I know that that may mean other players also have to go, but I, I really wouldn't rule out Mbappe coming and it would mean the end of Darwin Nunes. On this game at the weekend, Bournemouth-Liverpool, I'm going to go for a shock. It's a tight pitch down, down there for the Cherries. I'm going to say Bournemouth are going to score first. Set pieces might be crucial in this. I'm actually going to say 3-1 to wow. Bournemouth. Wow. And I'm going to go with Solanke to, to bag a brace. And maybe Cliver for the other, or big, um, big Billings as you as you love him. I think yeah. height, power, set pieces could really upset Liverpool. And don't forget at the back they do carry a few injuries. They do carry a few injuries. Yeah, you know Trent's not the right back. He, he wants to be further. And I think if Brentford can get in the channels, they could really hurt Liverpool in this game. So three-one to Bournemouth. And I need Liverpool to drop points as well as Aguna, so we can <laughs> we can uh, we can only hope. Okay, Brighton versus Wolves, Gaz. Two teams that play good football in a different way. Correct. Uh, for me, result-wise, 
The Seagulls are going to outpeck them Wolves. Uh, for me, uh, I just think Brighton, uh, they're just they're too strong down there, mate. They're just too strong down there. Uh, I know you do like uh, Gary O'Neill, and he's been doing really, really well. Uh, Brighton have some, obviously, big players um, out uh, through the middle, through injury, and at, AFCON, at the AFCON games, and so the Asia games as well. Uh, <clears throat> but they've got that Supian back, and I think he is really, really player. good. Brilliant player. He is a hundred percent top four player. And you know, marauding up that that you know from the back there, getting forward, he gets involved with loads and loads of um uh, goal opportunities there with the assists. Serious, serious player. I can't rate him highly enough. Um but obviously and up front they've got the full strength available, you know, in um Ferguson, Pedro, Welbeck. So Whoever deserves he decides to choose because he does like to flick them around a bit. <laughs> uh, you know, they're very, very strong. So, you know, Wolves, they're very near to a full-strength side. I mean, they're missing that Wang He Chan. Uh, he's obviously at the Asia Games as well. And that and Nuri at the back as well. He's been linked with a few big people as Arsenal well. Arsenal Liverpool me, um, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we watched the, uh, the, the... We did a live, didn't we, in that Wolves game. And he caused them a lot of problems. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, for me... Uh, 2-1, though. 2-1, Brian. 2-1, Brian. I think Wolves will get something from the game. Straight off the bat, I'm going to say I'm going to say 1-1. I think it'll be a little bit tighter than that. What I wanted to talk to you about was, and you touched on it with Gary O'Neill being a manager that I like. I don't dislike De Zerbe either. I actually think De Zerbe's got way more to go in the Premier League and across the top of Europe in the way he, he plays football. Um, a little bit to learn maybe away from home, but but certainly at home, Brighton are very good. Of the two young managers, Gaz, who could go further in their career? Now, I know that Gary O'Neill doesn't have a nice flashy name like Deserby, and I know I bang on about him, but there is something about both managers. Definitely, yeah. I mean, when I listened to that Gary O'Neill on the... I was expecting when, when um, he came on that Sky Sports and started talking about the game and that, I was really glued to that. And I was thinking more and more managers are going to do that. And they obviously not. I haven't seen other managers come on there. No. So so there's a reason for that, right? I mean, he's, he's obviously very good and they think he's quite special, right? So, uh, yeah, he could go to... He could probably go to the very top. He could go to England. So, I mean, England's probably... You know, good standard. If, if he will all of a sudden become, you know, the replacement after Southgate, would people be going? You know, I would be myself. very left field. It'd be left field. I would probably it like be a to shock. See... Here's here's a way I'd probably maybe see someone like a Gary O'Neill and, and, and Newcastle. Maybe not the, the right way of putting this, but let's say an Eddie Howe was to step into a a, a Gareth Southgate shoes at England. I think either one of these managers is skilled enough to step into the Newcastle role. There's no point going down the yeah. road to a Mourinho who's just left Roma. You need the young up-and-coming coaches with the with the ideas. That, yeah. You know, I, I generally believe that with maybe an exemption to, to Ange at your club who's been around the traps globally and picked up experience. But typically now it's young managers, the way they think about the game and, and stuff like that. These two, for me, have another two or three ceilings that they can go. Um Either of them, I think, can go very high in the top. I'd like to see Gary O'Neill given the opportunity as an English manager to really kick on in his career. You know, keep doing it at Wolves, but maybe given an opportunity in the future. Um, and I see these two as their next stepping stones to the likes of a Newcastle, you know, and alike going forward. Think? Do you think that could be an opportunity, a possibility, even? 
Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think, uh, you know, going back to the thing, I think, you know, you talk in England sort of standard with uh, with with um, Gary O'Neill. And I think you're talking, you know, Champions League, someone like Man United for De Zerbi or, you know, getting them back into that sort of challenging for the title uh, winning side. So which is bigger, you know? Oh, tough, England's isn't bigger. It? Yeah, country always you know, comes first. Should, it should be. It should be. But, um, you know, if you give Southgate the chance tomorrow and said, do you want to manage England or do you want to go and manage Man City? He would snap your arm off for Man City all day long, I think. Yeah, no, I think so. I think so. And, uh, you know, the podcasts will be coming in the summer about England. There's be plenty of those on the Footy Social Club. We've all, <laughs> we've all got opinion on that. But, yeah, look, that's it for this weekend. Um, a short amount of games off the back of last weekend as well. Fixtures split in, split in two. There's no Premier League fixtures next weekend either. The FA Cup returns. Not something that this season we cover on the Footy Social Club, but do look out for it next season. We'll be talking about the FA Cup and Champions League, major European competitions across the board. Um, As always, as I said at the top of the show, regular content coming out every couple of days. Make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. It's the only way you know that we've released the content. And if you uh, if you can be really helpful and hit the notification buttons, you'll definitely know that there is content coming out from all of us at the Footy Social Club. Gaz, no Spurs this weekend, but look, <laughs> I'm sure you'll be cheering on Palace uh, to beat Arsenal 100%. and Bournemouth to get an upset <laughs> against Liverpool, bring Spurs right back into the title race. Have a good weekend, Gaz. Cheers, guys. You too, bud.